You're listening to the Wisecast brought to you by Ethos Youth Center. Prepare for something amazing. Thank you for listening. This is your host, Tyson. And it's your host, Kylie. As uh, you may or may not know, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, uh, and the 28th of April is Denim Day. If you don't know what it is, we're going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Introduce it to you. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, this conversation. Um, our we have two guests that we're going to be talking, so there's gonna be four of us total. Um, that being said, yeah, I'd like to notify you all that this could be some triggering content as well. So we are gonna be talking about sensitive material, and if at any point you need to just kind of put it on pause or walk away, by all means, please do. But we really want to talk about these things and make it palatable and give us permission to talk about the complexities of what allows such horrific uh, stuff happen mm-hmm. in the world. And so uh, we're just really trying to be intentional about some of these conversations. And um, yeah, so just be forewarned that it is difficult topics um, that we're going to be talking about. So yeah, on that note, our guests, actually, Kylie, I'll let you go ahead and take it from here. Yeah, so if you guys could introduce yourselves, and then we like to kind of keep things light in the beginning, because, you know, it's going to be a little, little deep. A little heavy. A little heavy. <laughs> so, um, who is one pop culture icon that you appreciate or admire, and why? And it could be anybody. I think mine was, like, Lady Gaga. So, <laughs> don't have to be too deep. So, can I start off? Yeah, so I am Caitlin Wardle. I'm the Program Specialist at Mount Christ Services. I've been with them since October 2018. Uh, this is my second podcast, so yes. this is very exciting. You were about a <laughs> month February. ago. In February, yeah. Yeah, yeah a month and a half ago, awesome. two months ago, yeah. Yeah, so thank you for Super bringing me back. Um, so this kind of is a little light, but not really. But my pop culture person, and I don't know, maybe she's not pop culture, but Tarana Burke, who is the founder of the hashtag MeToo movement. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I admire her. She is an advocate, just like myself, and she is also a victim of sexual assault. Um, so I watch a lot of documentaries specifically to sexual abuse, and she's been on several of them educating yeah. people. Wow, that's So awesome. um, that's who I chose for, for this specific question. That's awesome. Great. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Great. Well, my name is Kristen um, Beaster. I am the program director for Mountain Crisis Services. I've been with Mountain Crisis for about <clears throat> 16 years. Um, and my pop pop culture um, person has to be Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh yes, he is my favorite cultural icon. Come on, so, um, he wrote, produced, directed, and starred in Hamilton. Oh my God. I'm sorry, I didn't know this. I feel like you guys all in on it. I'm like, who is this person? I'm so sorry. Oh, that's so funny. I'm like, how is it? Have you seen Hamilton? I have not seen it yet. I actually feel bad. I've been planning on seeing it. I was excited to watch with my with my family, and we just never did. So That's um, I, I feel like but a Marvel movie comes on, and we're like watching it. So I feel kind of bad because Hamilton. I've heard amazing things about it. Well, now you gotta go and watch it. Yes, it's amazing. All right. So he continues why he's one of my favorites is because he continues to break barriers by casting mm-hmm. persons of color in uh-huh. all of the major roles in his music. Yeah, so that to me is so cool. He's just so intelligent. Wasn't he doing another musical too? What is he doing? I just saw the commercial for it. Oh my god, (laughs) he's doing another musical. I'll think about it later. It'll come to my brain. Okay, let's go. I have a lesson tomorrow. This is amazing. That's awesome. I love it. (laughs) You guys are like, (laughs) Sneaking out. (laughs) Yeah, this is great. I'm I'm enjoying listening and watching you geek out. (laughs) Cool. I like it. All right, so you guys, uh, Mountain Crisis Services, you guys both work for Mountain Crisis, you ladies both work for Mountain Crisis Services. What exactly is MCS? Uh, so I think I'll take that one. Um, so Mountain Crisis was founded in 1990. Um, we provide services, advocacy, support to victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking. Um, we provide various um, services. We help with legal advocacy. Um, we do peer counseling, um, uh, group counseling. We have a 24-hour hotline, our only 24-hour hotline in Mariposa, um, that assists domestic violence. Um, we also um, have an emergency safe house and two transitional houses. And we do a lot wow. of outreach, a lot of prevention. Um, so, yeah, we're just we're there to, to support all victims of violence. 
And um, now with one of our new grants, um, we're actually able to assist with pets. Um, so any victims that are fleeing with their dogs, um, we are able to house in our, in our safe that's So, um, had a so um, awesome. that's a, a new grant that we're very excited. Yeah, she killed so it cool. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You guys, and you actually had a fence put up with some awesome dog houses. Like, that is so and cool. And Habitat for Humanity came and put the dog houses together for us. That's and so good. We have a dog area. Um, yeah, all the supplies needed, it's, it's together. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so how and, and how did you get into this line of work and, and why? Like, this is such an awesome area, like, I mean, so needed, right? Oh, absolutely, it's needed, especially within the community. I mean, we see so much domestic violence and sexual assault that many people don't. And so it is very much prevalent in Maricopa County. Um, But how I got in here may be a little bit um, rhetorical from our last podcast, but I am a domestic violence survivor. Um, And I actually went over into Illinois and Ohio to get my master's degree. When I came back, I started following Mountain Crisis, and I saw that they had a post for a shelter advocate. I applied, and here I am. Kristen believed in me, and (laughs) thank God for that. So (laughs) We're here. (laughs) That's great. So part of your experience getting, actually, a couple months ago, you talked about your experience getting involved in teen dating violence and how Mm -hmm. that progressed in a DV. Yes. you gotta go back and listen to it. It's also kind of difficult to listen to at times, but yeah. so that inspired you to say, "Hey, this something needs to change." Yeah, so I instantly want to become an advocate and be like, "How can I help others that have been through what I've been through?" Yeah. So, and I think that's everybody, every advocate that has gone through abuse feels the same way. Sure. Yeah. So, um, we're very lucky in Mountain Crisis to have the team that we do. That's awesome. That's great. So. So I've been in this line of work for about 16 years. I myself am a survivor of sexual abuse as a child. So sexual abuse 40 years ago was not talked about. Um, It was definitely hush-hush, no education in the schools. There was minimal support. Um, So I just always knew that I wanted to give back. I wanted to help others that were going through this horrific crime. I wanted to be part of an organization that believed the victims. Yeah. Um, that to me is is huge and one um, that supports them through their journey. So awesome. I love my job. I love coming to work. I love helping others. I love my team is amazing. And yeah, it, it's, it feels good to be part of this. That's cool. Yeah. Love it. It's, it, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm already wondering. <laughs> Go down, I'm trying not to get too fired up about our topic for today. So, awesome. Okay, so, um, yeah, I think. Yeah, so I guess one thing that we talked about is that obviously April is Sexual Awareness Month, and then April 28th specifically is Denim Day. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to see what exactly is Denim Day, and could you guys be able to, like, dive a little deeper into that? Yeah, yeah. Kristen can start it off. I sure can. So this goes back to 1992 in Italy. A woman was raped by her 45-year-old driving instructor. Um, He was convicted of rape and sentenced to jail. And then the perpetrator appealed the decision, and it ended up in the Italian Supreme Court. In 1998, an Italian Supreme Court overturned, dismissed the rape conviction, and released the perpetrator. The judge had stated that because the woman wore very, very tight jeans, she had to help him remove the jeans. It was no longer rape, but it was consensual. So, of course, enraged by the verdict, the women um, in Italy launched a protest wearing jeans on the steps of the Supreme Court. And every fourth Wednesday of April, we dedicate this day to wearing jeans to support all victims of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. That's the history yeah. uh, of Denim Day. And it was only in 1992. That's what blows my mind. Like, yeah, yeah. Granted, now young people are like, "Oh, that's in the 1900s." It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's just insane. Like, and then the Supreme Court, like, did the the judge? Does the judge still have a job? Like, telling the judge was like, probably. Oh, yeah, sure he does. Oh, dude, ridiculous. So that that was the appeal. That's Um, victim blaming. Yes, yeah, okay, which is a good terminology to unpack. Um, Would you say that stuff like this still happens and goes on? 
Um, a million percent, yes. <clears throat> so since 1999, rape laws have been challenged all over the world. Um, in actually 2018, eruptions occurred in Ireland over the acquittal of a 27-year-old man of rape, citing that his 17-year-old victim uh, wore a lacy thong. I and, remember this. What? Yes. yes. Yep. Which automatically consented to sex in a muddy alleyway. Yep. So that was just recent. I mean, that was 2018. Oh, because, oh I see. so she was wearing this, she asked for it. Exactly. March 13th. Where's the rest of It's so insulting to, like... Oh, it gets worse, I said. Oh. I haven't <laughs> So, March 13th, 2019, two years ago, an Italian Supreme Court overturned a rape verdict by arguing the victim, the rape victim was too ugly to be raped. Oh, my Citing one of the God. Peruvian men convicted listed her as Viking in her phone, or in his phone, while the other said that she was too masculine. They would have never raped her. So, however, the victim was so badly raped that she required stitches from the trauma. This is, dude, don't go ago. to Italy. Like, <laughs> two years ago. Sorry. <laughs> I, oh my God. Never, that's never crossed my mind until, like, this is ridiculous. This is yeah. two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. And actually, just most recently, March 18, 2021, mm-hmm. Arkansas Senate Bill 6 was passed 26 to 6 vote, requiring victims of rape and incest to have first reported the crime to law enforcement before they can undergo an abortion past the 20-week limit required yeah. by the state. I remember that yeah. happening. I was pissed. Yeah, so these are just a few These are just a few examples of victim blaming and shaming and rape within our culture now. So yeah. it is still very, very much prevalent. I don't even know where to go. I get so fired up. This is why I have to just chill out and breathe. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. So victim blaming is really, so it's blaming them for being for the act of another human being like and in this turn and i think this is one of the most frustrating things for me is like the amazing people that are in this work and doing the work are women mm-hmm. like the majority yeah. of them. and it kills me because it's not a woman's problem yeah, we need more men this is men this is a, this this is men's problem like mm-hmm. this is your problem yeah as a dude to not as as males to not be able to speak up mm-hmm. and it's ridiculous and it's so unfortunate and sad that there's so few men in this line of work. Well, and we were even talking, Tyson and I, when I first went to college and I did freshman orientation, all the girls in my dorm were sat down and talked about, like, ways to prevent yourself from getting raped. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, so intense and just talking about, like, what you can do to prevent rape. And afterwards, I went to my What do you mean to prevent rape? Like, yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, don't no. Don't wear that shirt. No. Yeah, don't do it. And, like, make sure that you're not always walking by yourself. Like, yeah. all these different things. And I went to my guy friends afterwards, and I was like, man, that was really intense. Like, what was your guys' like? And they were all like, what are you talking about? We had a pizza party. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like what? What? It's not my talked about to prevent rape. Yeah, no. The girls because it's yeah. always the woman's issue. Mm-hmm. And Dude, this happens to men also. It does. And it's like it it's just yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, I it's mean, stupid. yeah, it does. I, it's interesting because in in just kind of preparing for for this interview, it's like you run across the the statistics, and the statistics haven't really changed a lot, right? It's mm-hmm. a lot of the same statistics we've been seeing for the last ten years. Um, and it, but I think. You know, and just to reiterate some of those statistics, um, like every 98 seconds, a sexual assault occurs. Yeah. Right? And then one in six women have been victim or attempted and, or completed rape, right? Mm-hmm. One in four women in college are raped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are insane. Like one in four in college, mm-hmm. right? And then gay or bisexual men are over 10 times more likely to experience sexual assault than heterosexual men. Yeah. And then 98% of women develop PTSD within the first two weeks after being raped. Yeah. Right. You know, I think part of this, it's, it's just ridiculous that you would have to go to a class and say, this is how you avoid being raped. Yeah. And that that is the, that is the focus as opposed to, Hey guys, let's talk about this. Yeah. Like this music. Don't rape people. Yeah. Yeah. Don't rape people. And I think probably even like, like don't, like this music that talks about objectifying women, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like don't listen, don't don't promote that, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I mean, all these different things that you can actually engage with. with like, let's have a conversation about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like having, I anyway, this is uh, having four biological daughters. I'm like, 
okay, we got like I got we got some work to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's unfortunate that I mean I was already getting involved in some of this work before that and challenging some of these paradigms. Although I too, being raised in a hypermasculine society, have to say that I also entertained a lot of hypermasculine perspectives, and mm-hmm. it's not okay. But I also, now that I have daughters, I'm like, okay, <laughs> we got to speed this process up, right? Yeah. Guys, pull your head out. Like, this is ridiculous. So anyway, I, I can go on and on. <laughs> just getting so fired up. It's, it's really unfortunate and sad that, that it doesn't seem like, well, I think a lot of people are talking about it more. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like, I want to try to create the conversation with other men and say, okay, we need to talk about this. And don't just hear the term rape culture and be like, oh, no, we don't talk. that's not an issue. That's ignorant. Like, yeah. that's just silly. We need to talk about these things, right? Well, like, even for me, right? So I just found out that I'm having a boy. Very exciting stuff. Yay! And yes. me and my husband, Sam, we were talking about it, and I'm like, I want to have these conversations early. Mm-hmm. I want my child to be educated because, one, it can happen to them, and also... As a man in this world, I don't want them to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to have this idea of toxic masculinity. And it's like, I think education needs to start so much earlier than we think it does. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously age appropriate, but it's like these conversations shouldn't be held until high school, college age. I agree. So that's ridiculous. It happens way before. No, that. absolutely. I agree. And I mean, I should- yeah. Elementary level. Yeah. yeah. And you can do yeah. it at an elementary level that yeah. makes sense for them. Yeah. yeah. I think people are just so scared of it mm-hmm. and feel like it's really taboo and I don't want my child to know about the evil well, of the movies. You know? Yeah. yeah. And it, it does. So it happens everywhere. I think that's one thing that really, like, a culture of dismissiveness, right? This idea yeah. that you dismiss the reality of what's really going on and you make excuses for it, mm-hmm. right? And that just uh-huh. really, then you hear something to confirm your own biasy and you're like, see, it's not an issue. And like, well, hold up, no, 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 objectively, let's talk about this. And it's, it becomes more difficult in social media society that, you know, is it's so pervasive. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's like, <laughs> it's like you just arrive to an opinion, you post your opinion on social media and that's, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's really silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's super dismissive because it never really allows you to go there or talk about it. Yeah, and I think right. junior high is really when it starts to really pick up, right? Absolutely. And I think part of that is like the topic of gender roles. But I also kind of want to talk about like we talked about gender roles, but also this idea of masculinity, mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, hyper masculinity, hyper, you hear all these different terms like toxic masculinity. And the reality with masculinity is masculinity isn't designated for one gender or the other. No, it's so not. Like, I was telling Tyson, I'm so in touch with my masculine side as a woman, and I'm also very in touch with my feminine side, and, like, that is not talked about. And if it is, you're a tomboy. Or are you questioning yourself? Like, it's just... It's, it's like, reinforced and backed by gender roles, which is so unfortunate. Yeah, just let me be me. Yeah. Yeah, let me be a human being. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, because I'm wrestling with my like as a male in this society it's like i've gone it's like i've kind of gone through the, the whole motion of like feeling ashamed and guilty of being male yeah. but then being have feeling guilty and being ashamed that i am kind of masculine right but then i realize okay i'm not trying to be anybody i'm not i just want to be me you know what yeah. I mean? it's like i'm not trying to be cool i'm not trying to be the tough guy but you have to kind of go there and have those conversations with other yeah. men yeah. and women yeah. and you need people to pull your punk card Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's really hard, too, when talking about rape culture to allow men into the conversation. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times, even for myself, you know, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual assault. And so even for me, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Like, don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really hard to pull back and say, like, no, they need to be a part of this conversation because they need to be educated. It's really intimidating as a male to it's be a part of this conversation. <laughs> questions and like it's just it's really hard and yeah. i think that we as women and really survivors in general even men mm-hmm. need to allow more people into the conversation and make it okay to ask questions that oh, they should know that you yeah. know it's like yeah. they don't and that's totally okay yeah well i think that 
sorry I'm doing all the talking. Just because it's like it's difficult, and I think it's also really intimidating for 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 men across the board to get because we also don't necessarily, as a culture, promote owning your stuff. Yeah. So if you can't own something, um, you can't necessarily talk about it. If you can't talk about it, you can't be vulnerable, mm-hmm. right? You can't. Vulnerability is really difficult for men in general. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're so, you know, we're only allowed to have a couple emotions. And so, really, we're all just walking around emotionally constipated. It's it's like, you know, so I think it's important to recognize that how do we actually give permission for men to talk about this? And I say talk about it, unpack it, process it, not debate it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be, like, no, you're not even trying, dude. Like, get over your ego, get over your alpha self. You're mm-hmm. not trying to. You're not trying to engage in anything. Right. You're just trying to control it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, but to give them permission to talk about some of these things is really critical, and important. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, be wrong, or when I talk to my daughters, or you know, how I talk with my family, it's like I'm really trying to raise my daughters the same way I would raise my boys. Yeah. Yeah. You know right. I mean? uh, but it's also really challenging. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess maybe what we can do too is one of our questions is what yes. is rape culture? Maybe we can unpack kind of define that. it and unpack it because I think we talked about it. It's really heavy when you hear it, and sometimes it's even intimidating for me. I'm like, gosh, what is rape culture? Like that's that's a lot of things. Well, and when people hear the term rape culture, they're instantly like turned off. And, yeah. You know, and, yeah. I, and I think it's important to recognize that this culture that we're talking about is actually very subtle and it's meaning it's very like kind of below the radar. Mm-hmm. And so if you hear that word and you, it just automatically throws your self-defense or self-preservation or trauma, like, no, 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 we're going to talk about this on a smaller scale for us to try and hopefully kind of convince you that this is a concern and an issue. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Well, I actually had a prime example because, um, like on social media, what you're just talking about, I saw, um, well, let me let me define rape culture first, and then I'll get into the story. So according to Marshall University, rape culture is defined as an environment in which rape is prevalent, in which sexual violence against women is normalized and excused in the media and popular culture. Mm. So um, my most recent victim-blaming... I. It's going to shock you, so just get ready. So I was laying in bed, and I was cruising through Facebook, and about eight weeks ago, there was a 21-year-old Fresno State wrestler who was arrested on charges with raping a drug victim, kidnapping to commit rape, raping an unconscious victim, battery, and contributing to the delinquency of the minor. The minor, age 15, went to a party where this individual was. So the rape occurred in November. He was arrested January 22nd. So there's still some time period there. They obviously did their research, right? So the party took place off campus, and alcohol and marijuana were used by the patrons. The 15-year-old female became so inebriated, she could not take care of herself. So from there, that's when everything occurred. Naturally, this was posted on ABC 30 News on Facebook, Mm -hmm. so everybody had their own opinion. So I commented, she was drugged. Legally, you cannot consent if drugged, unconscious, or in an out-of-state mind. Yeah. I'm glad that they took the appropriate steps to get them off campus. I hope she's receiving much support and empathy, which in case caused an uproar. (laughs) People accusing me of not knowing the case, convicting this guy on a public forum, and to quit making assumptions. However, these are some of the comments that were made by Fresno community members in defense to my comment. 15-year-old, really? What was she doing at a college party? Just because she did drugs with some guy and had sex with him doesn't mean she was raped. Oh my god. Are you really implying that 15-year-olds get raped at parties all the time? Because I've been to a crap ton and never heard anything about anyone getting raped. Her parents should be in jail, not this guy. So what if the guy was on drugs too? You can't consent while under the influence. It's how do we dismissive. know? It's all dismissive. Yeah. So how do we know she that. didn't rape him? It's so turning it back around onto the fifteen-year-old. Okay. And so, per my comments, I was educating these individuals. I threw out penal codes. I yeah. threw out different things. Yeah. You know, like I just. Yeah, and again, they say, "Well, you don't know what happened. You don't know what happened." Like you're right. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. 
but because November to January, that took them a quite a bit of time to figure out what charges they were going to charge him with, and then mm-hmm. finally arrested him. It's not like the next day she called and then he was arrested. I mean, there yeah. was a thorough investigation, and it was also posted on other areas, not just ABC 30. Yeah. So, by these comments, it does show that rape culture is very alive and very well within the society today. This was just in Fresno. Around the world, victims of rape are being blamed for this action. Police officers, attorneys, and more often will say, well, look at how you were dressed. You were clearly asking for it. You, you, if you're a cop and you say stuff like that, you should be fired. But yeah. that's so Like, you common. don't say that. Like, it doesn't matter what like, they're wearing. And that's why people are scared to report. Like, yes, they exactly. Don't, like, it doesn't matter what you're wearing. Like, you don't, like, slut shame. Like, but again, it's the victim blaming, so it's putting them back on them for the rape. Well, because you're wearing that thong, obviously, like in 2018. Yeah, victim blaming and slut shame. Like, blaming them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, you hear comments like this all the time. Like, like I don't care if a woman walks into a room naked. That does not give you the right. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. She wants to walk naked, let her walk naked. It does not. Yeah. Like, that is her own yeah. thing. I don't, mm-hmm. but it's. Let her live her life. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And all, the, all those comments are just so dismissive of that one person's decision. <laughs> like, right. behavior. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just in Fresno. Could you imagine what everybody else is saying around the world? You yeah. know, oh my I just. God, yeah. Oh, there's so much. <laughs> It's so frustrating. Yeah. It's really, really sad. I mean, it's like, so I guess the reason I'll kind of extract some of these definitions or some of these words that, that are used. So, cause I think people use them and then people dismiss what they mean mm-hmm. because they sound like, and I think it's also, it's a way for like, so victim blaming, blaming the victim for what they were wearing. Right. Or, Why did you wear or they were drinking. Or like, yeah. Why were they walking yeah. inside by themselves? Yeah. 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 What are they doing? They shouldn't be out there exactly. as if, like, what's that have to do with the fact that, like, they didn't ask, you know, for any of this to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's so dismissive of, like, it's like a smokescreen, like, distracting. Like, it's mm-hmm. things that we do within our culture to, like, smokescreen the, the real issue. You know what I mean? Well, they're so trying to all, downplay it, too. Like, downplay, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, well, again, that doesn't happen here. So you must have done something to yeah. get yourself raped. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. It's just ridiculous because it's almost saying, like, well, since you were doing this, that gave that person the right to do that. Correct. Yeah. Like, and that's just so gross and ridiculous. The yeah. fact of like, oh, I was walking by myself home alone at night because I had no other means of getting home. Therefore, I'm allowing that to happen to me. Yeah. How does that make any sense to a human being? I don't know, man. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think to to talk this out a bit more specific to youth culture, as you know, it's, yeah, that's what we're about. Um, like, like, I, it's kind of obvious what concerns are. But <laughs> next question: What are concerns specific to young person culture in regards to these topics? Like, but I think it'd be good to unpack some of those things. Yeah. So, uh, being a teenager can be one of the most wonderful times in a person's life, but mm-hmm. it also can be one of the most challenging yeah. times. Um, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, there's 25 million teens in the ages of 12 to 17 in the United States. And the rates of sexual violence against youth aged 12 to 18 are very high, and the survivor typically knows who's the person who committed the crime against them. It's not a stranger. <laughs> not a stranger. Um, research suggests that teens who are survivors of sexual assault are at greater risk of being re-victimized in the future compared to other adolescents who have not been sexually abused. Um, Of course, you know, the effects of sexual violence, young people who experience sexual violence may experience poor academic uh, performance, uh, sexual risk, taking behaviors, um, pregnancy, self-harm. They also, um, statistics show that uh, assault, uh, 31% of assaults happen in the survivor's home. Mm -hmm. How much? 31%. 31, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. The driver's home, 24 in the neighborhood, and 44 at the school. At the school? At the, at the teen school. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah like, right? Yeah. You think, like, those are supposed to be your safe, your safe places. places to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. your home. 
Well, yeah. that, be your safe place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, and I think part of that too is like there's so much like I'm I think I, I've been revisiting with my you know, having two teenage daughters and uh two pre teens I think they're called. <laughs> I don't, anyway, I, um it's interesting I I've, I've been having these flashbacks and revisiting the powers of peer pressure. Right. Yeah. This concept, this idea that not peer pressure not as the obvious peer pressure of friends saying, oh, but you'll be cool if you do it. I'm talking about like the peer pressure, the cultural pressure that says, oh, if you don't like date this person, then you're going to be ostracized or you're going to be ignored. Yeah. Suddenly, you're, you're going to have this subtle pressure to go out with somebody that you don't want to go out with. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you know, it's like you're saying that you don't approve. It's like it's, it's just, there's this pressure to even just to date people or to right. go do stuff with other people because and the reality is is they know no you know what i mean and i think it's it becomes real subtle and then it creates some body identity image issues right mm-hmm. like this cost like not being comfortable in your own skin because these people are you know trying to pressure you to do something or whatever so and i think just to revisit that whole idea of this peer pressure is actually this cultural thing that we allow that we create right um and i unless people speak up and say hey dude that's not okay or intentionally put that foot forward. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I don't know. I think I'm trying to be more empathetic and realize that it's really difficult to navigate some of these topics. Yeah. Well, I feel like when we talk about like that idea of being like dismissive towards the victim, that happens in teen dating violence. Like we talked about. Yeah. Like even in my situation. Your business is my girlfriend. Like, oh, and not even like, that. It's like, um, if you're a teen and you start talking about like, yeah, well, I'm talking to this guy, but, you know, he's trying to dictate what I wear, like, you know, and you express those fears to people, the immediate response is a lot of the time, yeah, but yeah. he's cool, yeah, but he's older than you. Are you uh, really going to risk, like, not dating him? Or like, make you feel guilty or shaming you for not hanging out with him? Oh, 100%. And it's almost like you have no choice but to continue dating that person and just kind of like, deal with it. Mm. And it's ridiculous, and then that's that dismissive culture that we see progressing into adult culture. Mm. Yeah. Behind every shirt is a story. A program which started at Ethos Youth Center, Pathos Screen Printing supports young people. And builds community one shirt at a time. We don't only print on shirts. We do athletic apparel, hats, koozies, and bulk orders. We can do orders big and small. Business to business contracts are welcome. Pathos invests 100% of its profits back into youth in our community. Call us at 209-742-4257 for a free quote today. Again, that's 742-4257. We are located at... 5174 Highway 140 at the four-way stop across from Chevron Gas Station in Mariposa. Check us out at pathosscreenprinting.com. Yeah. The cycle, man. It's awful. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, and it's like those little those things where it's like, how do we actually reverse that and create a culture of accountability? Mm. Where we actually say, nope, we're going to talk about these things. Yeah. Right? It's not as simple as 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 black or white, you know what I mean, and actually talk about the gray. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, you know, okay, I think the research is out. Abstinence doesn't work as an educational piece because it's no, not education. Oh my God. <laughs> it's trying to control. Okay. It's about black and white. Like, mm-hmm. that's not education. <laughs> Preaching abstinence is not education. Right. Like, that's just a this poor way to try and control young people. Well, like, especially young people are. I mean, for me as a young person, if you told me no, I'm probably going to still do it. Yeah. Or it makes you want to do it more. <laughs> yeah. I went to Mennonite High School, and oh, they only taught abstinence, and our abstinence was very Jesus-focused. And I was like, okay, you're telling me not to do this. Therefore, I want to do it more. I didn't want oh. to really beforehand, but now that you're trying to control what I do, as a byproduct of that, sure I want to go do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, I think, you know, I was definitely a byproduct of, like, the True Love Waits movement back in the 90s, and it was just, like, the research is ridiculous how it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, you no. know, the promise ring thing, and no. it's so one way. No. 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 Dude, yeah, like, and I remember that so well. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I had a promise from me. Yeah. <laughs> I 
<laughs> but it is such a lopsided, like unbalanced. It's not education at all. No, you know oh I mean? my gosh, it's not. So to actually talk about sexuality and anatomy and all these at a younger age, it's got to be important. It's got to be on the forefront of our education. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. I Especially agree. for young males. <laughs> yeah, big time. So I guess another question would be like, what do you guys feel are some questions or some pieces of advice that young people can hold on to when kind of going through this kind of culture? Yeah, so that's a really good question. So I know um, Kylie and Tyson, and you work with youth. Yeah. Um, so um, the chances of a youth disclosing to you all is huge. I mean, this is a safe space for them to come and talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I do have some suggestions. I mean, I believe you. I mean, just right away, if somebody does yeah. come to you and, and you know, state that they were sexually assaulted, I believe you. Um, these can be the, the most important three words that the survivor hears. Yeah. Um, yeah. Young people have had, um, uh, young people may have tried to disclose prior to connecting with you and they may have not been believed by others. Mm -hmm. So um, another one, this is not your fault. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Again, um, they may have disclosed to their friends, and um, you know, oh. what did you do? Yeah. You know, what, what, you know, why did this happen to you? What did you do for this to happen? Um, right away, this is not your fault. Yeah. Um, is are, is you know, really important, because they do blame themselves, victims. Mm -hmm. um, you know, why did I go there? Why did I do this? Oh, I shouldn't um, drink so much. There's a lot much. of shame. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guilt um oh so my god yeah mm -hmm. those words are just and then just listen mm -hmm. and um you know be there for them um you know they may want to not want to report you know it may not be the right thing for them to do right at that time um, mm -hmm. just being there for support and listen maybe you know maybe they have a friend or a family member that they trust for bringing them into the into the yeah. the safe space you know could really help I feel like that idea of not reporting is huge, and I kind of want to sit on that, because that was something, uh, like, for myself, I didn't report. Mm -hmm. I didn't report either. Yeah. And yeah. that was a personal choice that I made, mm -hmm. because I didn't want to have to open that door that I had shut, and that I had worked through, mm -hmm. and I'm at a point in my life where I'm just done with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there was so much guilt that people kept putting on me, saying, like, you need to report. Like, that's really important. And there's so much shame in not reporting. And so I think, you know, we as advocates coming into this role and being there to listen, I think it's so important that we don't automatically push that person. Right. Because that can set them back years. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so awful. And I feel like a lot of times that is your immediate instinct is, okay, how can I get you to report? Like, how can I help you with that process? And that's just not the first step that you need to take. Right. Yeah, right. You yeah, know, yeah. for some people, that's super important. But for others, that's not what they need. Right. Well, and it's intimidating. It can be re-victimizing. I mean, again, yes. the, we deal with a lot of law enforcement individuals that work for sexual assault. And they do. They have to ask those hard questions. Yeah. And so sometimes those questions come off as, oh, well, I don't want to say anything to you anymore because I'm shutting down. I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it can be very difficult for somebody to even report or say anything about what you went through. Yeah. And some youth won't even report. Yeah. I know, you know, yeah. Mandated reporting. Yeah. I'm not going to report to a teacher. I'm not going to report to. See if you have yeah. usually a friend that they, you know, report to or somebody that yeah. goes to them. Or they don't report and go through life. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, before yeah. I came into this role, I was a teacher, and I hated being a mandated reporter. Because mm -hmm. as a victim myself, it was just awful. Like, I did have students come to me, and I immediately told them, as soon as you tell me anything, I have to report. Yeah. And it's not that I want to do that to you. It's not that I feel that that's the best option for you. That's just legally what I'm required so, to do, and it's awful. I think it's good to bring clarity that when somebody comes about credit services or even ethos, and they they say this is this happened to me. Yeah. Um, if you want to report it, we will do everything we can to support you. Yeah. And we will encourage you to do so, and we will give it, but we will not do it for you. Right. Well, and like, we're not. We mandatory we're not mandatory reporters. Mandatory reporters. I think it's important yeah. to, to acknowledge that. And I think that gives us that ability to have a, a relationship with somebody and support them and, you know, so. Yeah, I think it just allows more people to feel comfortable and safe coming to these spaces because there's not that pressure mm -hmm. on them. And that's not, 
I know if I go and I know if I tell them what happened, then I'm going to have to go through this long process. So it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think it's really important to talk about that because that's never talked about. It's always reported. That's the first step. And that's just mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. 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 So how about, um, what are some things that we can um, kind of say that for young people or adults mm-hmm. in, in working with young people, they're navigating this culture that normalizes and kind of passively okays um, sexual harassment or sexual assault. Meaning like if, if, a, if a young person hasn't been sexually assaulted, what, what is, what's some advice that we can give them? Yeah. You know what I mean? You want me to take that on? Or you? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, it, yeah. Well, some advice that I would let them know is <clears> that, um, you know, again, it's not your fault. I mean, whatever you did, you did not ask to. If that guy, if, if that guy slaps you on the butt, that's not okay, and okay. you can Absolutely slap. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that because that happens. <laughs> yeah, in high school, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Dancing, you know, people kind of, you know. Just being a little bit over touchy, and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, ha, 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 that's so you know, funny. We literally know. had slap ass Thursdays yeah. at my school. Yeah. And I was horrified mm-hmm. for Thursdays, and I would tell my mom, I don't feel good today. <laughs> Which is good. So, you know, on a different yeah. note, that when, so when the junior high was in junior high, they had, I think it was slap ass Thursdays as well, or maybe slap ass Fridays. But it was the girls slapping yeah. the boys in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was a totally acceptable thing on yeah. campus. I and the guys were like, it's really weird. And some guys were like really upset and offended by it. And other guys were like, oh, it's funny. And I just gave them permission to do it back to them, right? Yeah. And so I think all that to say that your body is your own. Yeah. <laughs> well, you should have your own boundaries and establish yeah. those boundaries with people because people will push your boundaries. They'll see how far they can get along with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that, you know, you're letting your boundaries down. Sometimes there's fear. Sometimes there's manipulation. Sometimes there's threats that are involved with that. And your boundaries are overcrossed. And at that point, they're like, well, I don't know what to do with this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, so I think for us at Mountain Crisis is absolutely come to us and just talk to us. Let us know what's going on. We'll give you that empathetic support. If you yeah. don't want to tell your parents, that's fine. Yeah. We'll kind of move through that. We'll get you some counseling. You're, you know, I mean, we're going to work with you as well as possible. If you want to report it, then we'll sit there. We'll encourage you to report. It's a challenging, yeah. you know, but encouraging them, supporting them, um, being there for them, building that rapport. I think that's huge. Yeah. And <laughs> I just want to, I'm sorry, this is random, but I want to highlight how insulting it is to you as a male or as a young teenage boy when there are policies like, she shouldn't wear that because it's distracting yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that's, like, we balls around what women can and can't wear exactly. it's distracting. And I want to say that that, if you guys, if you're one of those people that are like, yeah, that's a good, no. Awful. It's literally saying you can't think for yourself. It's excusing exactly. and dismissing your inability to think for yourself. Like, <laughs> dumb policy and boys. They're calling you dumb. Like, it's insulting to you. Like, you should be offended. Like, that you, like, and if that's it, and if you wrestle with that, do something about it. Mm-hmm. Train the mind. Yeah. <laughs> Adopt some self-discipline. Distract yeah. your mind if you get distracted. Like, like, don't enable it. Don't, you know, it's, anyway, that's just a pet peeve because it's like, we always talk about how it's, it is wrong for women. Absolutely, it's not fair. But it's also really insulting to men. Yeah, that's <laughs> a really good point. And I feel like, too, I have a lot of people in my life who know that now I work in this line of work. And they were young, stupid boys. Yeah. And they did a lot of these things. You know, yeah. like, they participated in this conversation. They well, even... I, well, I, I would say the majority of boys do and have. Yeah. Because nobody's navigating that with us. Yeah. At a young right. age, we were not... I wasn't educated. I was just told yeah. to wait till I was married and to listen to this music and not that music, watch <laughs> PG and not yeah. right. So there was no understanding or exploration of like what is this about mm-hmm. that is healthy, right? Yeah. Because if you're not actually educating, then what do you? How are you going to learn? Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and I think like that's where we can also bring those men into the conversation of like just because you participated does not mean that you can't now 
educate yourself yeah. and educate others around you. Yeah. It, it can be so polarizing. Yeah. Like, I know, even my partner, he's obsessed with me. He's like, wow, I was a really terrible high school boy. He's like, I was awful. And I wish I was I a terrible junior high boy. I got nine. Yeah. Like, uh, I saw. I actually was like, oh, this is really jacked. And I was like, I knew I wanted a, like a partner that wasn't going to be submissive. I was like, right? that awful. It's like that's just the norm. <laughs> and so to like also forgive yourself for that is huge. Yeah. And so if you're a boy out there who has participated in that, recognize what you've done that is wrong. Educate yourself and move forward. People can change. Yeah, a thousand percent, you know. Yeah. And allow them to change also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I also think it's really important um, to to speak up if you see something. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Especially a male. You know, if you see yeah. a, a male treating a female in a very disrespectful way, it's okay to speak up and say, hey, no, that's yeah. not okay. Yeah, and not lame. And that can be really yeah. difficult too. Yeah. Like, in different circumstances, not even, or situations, or even just like on a larger scale. I mean, for crying out loud, there's a coalition for men because men need a coalition, right? Like, they're going around, like, it's just, it's just ridiculous that there's actual issues like this. Like, are you kidding? Like, you know, and I say that because it's, there's so much pressure to not speak up as a male to accept, oh, yeah, you know, and name call. You know, it's like, we have all these parallels for courage and strength, like, you know, and it's like, no, it's just, it's just, it is normalizing and it's just uh, part of the, the whole gender role, reinforcement, patriarchy, right? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So, anyway, we're yeah. starting to go off. I don't know if any of that made sense, but... speak up. Let's do this. And if you have a hard time not speaking up, don't entertain it. Meaning... Yeah. Walk away. Like, I know I did that a lot in the military... I didn't engage in the conversations. I wasn't going to laugh at those jokes. I didn't know how to necessarily speak up to 30 dudes. I wanted to be like, you guys are all dumb. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, but I just walked away or I just didn't laugh. Mm-hmm. And then they look at me and, really, and oh, I noticed you didn't laugh. I'm like, yeah, that's because I think you're dumb. No, no, sorry. Not really. <laughs> but I guess what I'm saying is like, if you find it difficult to speak up, don't entertain it at the least. Yeah. And then that, that also yeah. makes them uncomfortable. Like, yeah. I've been in situations where people are telling jokes that are like inherently sexist, racist, and I just sit there and look at them and don't say anything and they yeah. immediately get uncomfortable with themselves. Yeah. And that's okay. That's a good thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're not funny. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely horrible. You should not say that as a human yeah. being. Yeah, and it, it can be you're right. It can be really awkward and like everyone you're like you're sitting there and the speaker says a joke. You like everyone's <laughs> laughing, and then like two or three of you are looking at each other, and like, "Are you for real?" Yeah. Like that's Anyway. Cool. Anything else? Like, yeah, elaborate on. Cool. Like, what's what's next on our question? <laughs> Maybe just final guess. Question: Your master, master Jedi wisdom. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, we can just, yeah. We've been on, yeah. This is this is going over time. So yeah, definitely. So our last question that we like to ask our guests is: What is one master Jedi piece of wisdom you would like to share with the world? It doesn't have to be specific to our topic. It can be whatever you want. <laughs> Go ahead, Kristen. So my favorite quote um, from Martin Luther King is: "Our lives begin to end the day we become silent." Things that matter. Um, I think that that um, we have to speak up. Mm-hmm. We have to. If we see something that's yeah, not right, I agree. we have to say that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that you said that after I just said, "Don't say anything." I hate it. <laughs> 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 You're exactly that. I love it. Really, so good. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I kind of really took this as a Jedi piece. So, as Master Yoda said, "Beware of the yes." Beware of the dark side, anger, fear, and aggression. I feel it's easy to get angry or aggressive as it's a natural human um, emotion. However, I've seen anger, frustration, and fear become more prevalent since the pandemic hit. So learn to love and respect each other. Respond empathetically, um, even if you don't have the same feelings as another person, you know, and just be a good person, you know, speak up, say how you feel, say, you know, that's not right. Um... You know, because it really would it really would change the society as a whole if we yeah. just owned up to our own mistakes and moved forward. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, and I yeah. think this is part of the prevention. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. think this is part of the prevention. Yeah. You get told being part of intervention all the time. Very much. Right? Like, it's like there's some preventive measures that we need to act on. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time and your willingness to talk about such crazy, uncomfortable, and agonizing topics, right? Yeah. Um, it's difficult to talk about and explore the complexities of culture in general, let alone a culture that supports and exacerbates such a deeply ingrained culture of rape and blaming victims. Is there anything you guys would like to share or say to your listeners? Anything like uh, hotlines, social media, any plugs? Now's your chance. So we do have a chat line on our Facebook. Awesome. Um, so if any, um, any survivor, victim survivor needs to um, reach out to us, so we can do that through our chat line on our Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Follow us on Facebook, Messenger. Um, we have a 24-hour hotline, 966-2350. Please call us. We're here to listen. We're here to support you. 2350. Yeah. Um, we are looking into possibilities of a text chat line. I still have to run it by Kristen, but <laughs> I think when that is up and running, um, that will be also another huge factor, especially for people that can't call in mm-hmm. or people that are feeling like, oh, well, maybe I can just text. I know society nowadays, I know I'm not going to pick up a phone and call somebody. I'd rather text. So, sure. especially nowadays, yeah. Yeah, for young yeah. people. Yeah. 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 So, Absolutely. we're trying to find different ways to um, have more youth come forward, let us know what's going on, and just for us to be there to support them. And that's kind of our, our goal. Cool. It's awesome. So. Well, if you guys end up doing that list, it will blast it out for sure. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, um, if you or our listeners are enjoying what we're doing with the Wisecasts, uh, subscribe, find us, like like what we're doing, comment, please. We want to engage you all. Uh, we'd love to uh, talk more. Um, and if you're interested in jumping on the Wisecast or if you're a young person and you want to talk about something, contact us, please. Mm-hmm. Um, on our website, wisecast.com, W-Y-S-E-C-A-S-T.com, uh, we have a donation button. So if you want to contribute and support, make a donation, we are a nonprofit. Um, yeah, please do so. And uh, we appreciate your guys' listening. And I think, uh, yeah, help us. Um, and hopefully this helps you be more intentional on how to be generational interpreters mm-hmm. and better understanding the other generation. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it just takes listening, active, engaged listening. So on that note, stay safe, stay awesome, stay young. <laughs> Thank you.